0: How many of you guys are familiar with Zig Ziglar? Good, good, better than most. Um, so Zig Ziglar was the first person I started listening to years ago, before there were podcasts, right? There was cassette tapes, um, and you used to go to the library and get these, or buy them and, and listen to the cassette tapes in your car. Uh, and then when you like, were done with one side, you actually would pop the tape out and turn the tape over and then listen to it that way. So, for those of you who are unfamiliar with such historical facts, um, so uh, like like phones used to actually have cords attached to them, right? So you couldn't you couldn't go into another room uh, unless you were the cord was really long. So anyway, so I started listening to this back in the 80s, and he was he was the person uh, who really started me on this whole motivational uh, process. You know, before that, I hadn't even heard of such a thing. Um, and he really changed a lot of my thinking because so I was, even though I'm a pretty happy-go-lucky guy, uh, back when I was in chiropractic school, I, was pretty, uh, I wasn't as happy and I was a lot more negative um, uh, because of my upbringing. My parents, as, you know, as great as they were, were just kind of negative people. It's just the, it, Like he was talking about fault finders, that was my parents. You know, beautiful people, but that everything was about this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong. And, is wrong. and Zig helped me kind of change that. But the reason why I wanted to talk to you guys about Zig Ziglar today, interest, interestingly, is unfortunately he passed away a few years ago. Um, and the, the way he passed away was he had a head injury. Um, he was uh, at the top of the, of the stairs in his house, uh, which he had passed by a billion times, and for some reason he tumbled down the stairs uh, and hit his head on the marble floor on the bottom. Um, and from that point on, uh, his head injury was... Severe enough that he lost his short term memory um, and uh, but, uh, but here 's the, the heroic fact about Zig uh, is that God bless you uh, once he was able bless you again, once he was able to recover to a degree, uh, does anybody know what he continued to do so he was he was probably one of the busiest at the time motivational speakers uh, out there. What he continued to do was he continued to do motivational speeches, but instead of doing it solo like he did you know here what he did is he, he took his daughter with him and his daughter would kind of prompt him um, and say so dad tell me about this and he was able to spit out some of the longer term stuff but he wouldn't remember the shorter term stuff and I'll tell you I just you know watching it was in some ways it was a little heartbreaking because obviously he wasn't the person he used to be right um, but it was also amazing because he didn't want to stop, right? He said, I'm not gonna let some kind of head injury stop me from giving the people what I can give until my dying days, right? So I really appreciate the, the uh, fortitude that this guy had. So he was 80 something with a head injury and he wasn't traveling as much as he was, he was doing like a hundred you know, talks a year. He wasn't traveling that much, but he was still able to go out there and still do the service that he was, you know, God had put him down here for. So I really appreciate uh, that. But the reason I want you, know, I'm thinking about this, is because concussions is becoming such a big thing, you know these days. Uh, you know concussions now. Uh, you know when I first started in practice in the '80s, we hardly heard of concussions. Like that was that a concussion was bad, right? So like if you, if you were like a, a football player and you had a, a really serious injury, that's a concussion. Right? and Or if you were a hockey player or whatever, or if you were in a really bad car accident and you're, you smash your head through the window and landed on the pavement, that was a concussion. Right? Um, but you didn't hear about these mild traumatic brain injuries. Right? That wasn't a, as commonplace as it is today. So one of the things I've been doing lately is investigating like, where's all this coming from. Right? And part of what I'm kinda, I think I'm finding, and I, I can't back this up with pure science, but at least it makes sense to me is I think the same reason we have all these kids now with all these neurodevelopmental disorders, the autism, the ADHDs, and learning disorders, and sensory processing, all those kind of things, is that you know, their brains are kind of weaker. Right? Our kids' brains are not as strong as they used to be. And I think that also extrapolates to when they get trauma. Right? Cause so if you have a brain that is already not exactly at 100%, and now you take that brain and you add an injury on top of it, now you have a weak brain with an even bigger weakness going on. So when, when, you know, f- to, to see this post-concussion syndrome and the second concussion you know, uh, syndrome thing that we never used to see before, and now we're seeing it all the time. Every week somebody else is coming into the practice with some kind of concussion, it's fascinating because it's not the way it used to be, right? And, and the, the amount of concussions has risen dramatically. And you can say, well, it's because there's better diagnosis. So, you know, if you can diagnose the concussion better, that means that it's easier for them to pick out, which is, and that's definitely true, right? People back then who used to maybe just be considered some sort of traumatic migraines, which is something they used to call it, traumatic migraines, are now considered to have concussions. And people who used to just think they just have vertigo or dizziness, and they would just be, you know, as that, well, now, they all, now they're classified as having a concussion that's causing vertigo or dizziness. So I know there's definitely some increase in diagnosis, just like even with autism. You, know, you can attribute part of the meteoric rise of autism to the fact that diagnosis is much broader and easier to say because back you know, 30, 40 years ago, autism was, was like kids who acted really, 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 really specific kind of things. And now it's very broad, right? So like, as an example, you know, uh, if you see someone now who is very severely autistic, that would be the autism 30, 40 years ago. Right, there was none of this high-functioning autism, you know, moderate functioning and low functioning. It was just autism. So you were either autistic and flapping your arms and spinning in circles or something, or you were not. Um, so same thing with concussion. Back then, concussion was a very small kind of thing, and now it's much broader. So that's definitely part of it, but that's not all of it, right? That doesn't account for all the kids who are autistic. It doesn't account for all the, the kids that we're seeing now with concussion. And guess what? The number one sport is now for concussion soccer. How the heck did that happen? When I was a kid, I'm a hockey player, right? I I, I had some concussions, man. I had my bell rung a couple of times. Um, One time, uh, I I was a goalie for many years. One time, I went behind the net to stop a puck. It was when I played for SUNY Albany. I went behind the net to stop a puck, and I heard, and I I was playing ice hockey, and I heard, (laughs) so I thought it was one of my defensemen coming to get the puck. So I turned like this to Give him the puck if it was him, and I realized it wasn't. It was actually someone on the other team. And the guy took his stick like this and went underneath my my chin like this and lifted me up and planted me against the boards. And I was like, boom! And just slid, you know, down <laughs> the boards. And I woke up with my coach looking at me like this, right? So that's that's having your bell rung. Um, but you know, the amazing thing back then is, what did I do? Yeah, the co- coach was like, you're right, Ruben? Yeah, I'm all right. All right, go back, right? And I had a headache, you know. But it it was such a different thing back, this is the 80s, you know, such a different thing uh, than it is today. But the reason I'm saying that is because, you know, the the weakness that we're seeing in today's kids is scary, right? So, and it's not just in things like autism and ADHD, it's in everything, right? the, The kids that we're seeing today that are having so many nursing and latching problems, it is just unbelievable that, like, nursing and latching is like a basic thing right? Eating is a basic thing, but we're having kids born who are having problems eating, right? And and pooping, you know, pooping is pretty normal, but how many kids are coming in with all kinds of constipation issues or babies with colic or reflux? That's not normal to see. Like, what on earth is happening to our species? It's making me really think about, you know, what's happening. And the same thing with concussions. What is happening that, are, that our brains are so weak that what used to be something like Ruben, get up and, and go play again, now isn't like that, right? Now it's like, holy cow, let's get you off the field, let's, you know, strap your head in, in some kind of a brace, let's get you to the ER, let's do all these, all these different tests on you, make sure you're okay, let's give you a week of rest, you know, all these kind of things. That, that's not the way it used to be, right? And, and it makes me think, like, of our importance, the importance of chiropractic and all this kind of stuff. Because... Is it possible that a lot of these things would occur less if our brains and our nerve system were stronger? Right. Interesting study. I love to do this study. You know, one of the many th- studies I love to figure out how to do. I would love to figure out: Is there a way to assess the brain health of kids who've been on the care care for a long time versus the kids who haven't, and see what happens to them? Not just. You know, is there more autism in the general population than there is in the chiropractic kid population? But is there more concussions, right? Is there more learning disorders? Is there more any of this kind of stuff? I'm, I, this always intrigues me to, you know, to, to see this kind of stuff. So what I, I want to wrap this up with is this, is when, when you're out in the field, you're going to see concussions come in a lot of different flavors, right? It, there used to be, like I talk about, like one kind of concussion, right? and that was it. But now there's all kinds of flavors of concussions. And when you are in the field, I want you to be able to recognize what might happen when these kids come to you and understand that a lot of the things that we talked about this quarter with you guys, a lot of the more gentle adjusting techniques that we talked about, are better suited for these kids in the initial stages of concussion. Because in the initial stages of concussion, our kids are very, if they have fragile heads, right, brains, what else do they have fragile well how about necks you know let's thing about their neck their, their neck is fragile right and this is i was talking to someone over the uh, this weekend in new york when i was speaking out there for icpa and one of them is, is did a lot of research into concussions and he said he thinks that the like okay let me actually ask you this as a question make it more interesting so why do you think women especially women's soccer now is the number one concussion sport, right? Why do you think women's soccer sees more concussions than any other sport? What's the difference? It's, it's well, first of all, there's a lot more aggression in, in soccer than there's ever before. Both boys and girls, men's and women's, a lot more aggressive play than before. But the second thing that they're coming up with is a combination of A, women's uh, neck muscles and upper back, upper back and shoulder muscles are not as strong as men's. So that they, are, if they get hit, they tend to have weaker necks, so that their neck does not have the resiliency, and therefore can have a higher predilection for concussions. Number one, um, and and so if you think about if you think about where that is where that rolls, you take that information right, and you add that to the fact that the soccer used to be sort of what I guess I would call a gentleman's kind of sport, and now it is very rough and aggressive right? So now you put those two things together and now you're having some particular, you know, like you're having this massive increase, right? So the number one, I just saw an article recently, it said the number one thing, sport that's, we're seeing the, the meteoric rise in concussions, the more prevalence is women's soccer, which is absolutely crazy, right? Because it used to be, what was the number one and number two sports before? Football and wrestling. That was number one, and hockey was up there too, but football and wrestling. And now, Soccer is up there with women's soccer being number one, right? So I want you to think about that when you go out there and realize that, that if, if the necks are a little bit more fragile, whether it's a woman or a man, one of the, an, another thing that is causing a lot of this stuff is our cell phones, right? All the kids are looking down all the time, so we're creating these weak necks to begin with, right? These postural issues to begin with. So now we're adding the postural issues with the weaker necks with those crazy sports, and you're, you're making this like, crazy you know, concoction happening that's never happened before. Right? So understand when you're adjusting these, these kids, these young athletes that have concussions, don't go, I, even if your, your main you know, uh, technique is something that's more uh, you know, hands on and full spine you know, thrusting, be a lot more gentle in your initial care with them, especially with their necks. You know, sometimes I even uh, will just do sustained contact with them because they can't tolerate The more traditional adjustments sometimes they will it'll it'll make them uh, very upset and a lot of these kids will have behavioral issues as well and you you might manifest a behavioral like manifestation of a more uh, you know uh, forceful adjustment so I really want you to think about that when you're adjusting these kids because it really makes a difference you know with them you kind of have to ease them back into a more traditional adjustment don't just start at your normal your place kind of start at a lower place and work your way up you know because even though i know wow i want to whale on that atlas you know what, if they just had a concussion like a couple of days ago, this is, not, this is not the time to wail. This is the time to have prudence and slowly get their spine working better and better. Okay?